a potential next big move on the conference realignment front would involve, in theory, six Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 wouldn't be there anymore, but it would be good for those schools. Just not the other ones. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening to or watching this show. I see the numbers going up, up, up. Thank all of you for making that possible for however much longer I'm going to be able to actually host this show, which is something we'll talk about uh, today, and then a little bit later, what USC has in common with an iconic scene from Star Wars. But that'll be to end the show, and we're starting the show with the latest news that I've seen. I'm recording this on a Tuesday night. I've also recorded tomorrow's show with Richie Bradshaw of Locked on Sun Devils. We'll talk more about uh, the topics that I bring up here today. But the biggest piece of news that dropped today, and again, there might be a new thing by the time you're listening to, to this, depending on when that is. All this stuff has been moving so, so fast. According to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, so this is not, as my grandfather would say, Willie off the pickle boat. This is a legitimate reporter here. He reported that, quote, the Big 12 is in deep discussions to add six teams to their conference. Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and Arizona State. I want to go through kind of what uh, each school would potentially be able to bring there. But first, I want to start with the schools that are not on that list. And if you're a Pac-12 fan, you've probably been picking up on this over the last week or so as we've been following all this craziness and seeing, you know, who could go where and is anyone going to follow the L.A. schools of the Big Ten or does the Big Ten not want anybody else at this time? That's the latest as I record this is that Oregon and Washington inquired and that the Big Ten said, for now, we're not going to expand further unless it's Notre Dame, which makes sense because Notre Dame is such a huge I mean, Oregon is a pretty big brand. Washington, less so. But again, you know, still out there are solid waves. There's a reason they've been tied together because they, you know, are, are two of the bigger brands, certainly in the Pacific Northwest. But uh, Notre Dame is different. Notre Dame, if you're any conference and Notre Dame wants to come in, you are saying yes over anybody else, basically, because the, the power of Notre Dame on television cannot be undersold. I was watching a college football documentary uh, a, a couple months ago. I watched it over the course of a few weeks. It's amazing, by the way. It's called The American Game. It came out in 2019. It's on ESPN+. Plus. If you're a college football fan, I promise it's worth your time. But they're talking, they have a whole episode actually talking about Notre Dame and why they're, you know, independent and why they have the TV deal with NBC. It's all fascinating. But I bring that up to, to point out that you can't undersell the power of Notre Dame on television there. That's why they would, uh, you know, be willing, they being the Big Ten, at this time to look at Notre Dame, but not Oregon, Washington directly. So that, of course, opens up the door more so for the Big 12, which, again, could make a lot of sense. And they're in deep discussions to add the six schools I mentioned, Utah, Colorado. Again, they go together. Arizona, Arizona State, they, of course, go together. And then you have Oregon and Washington. Uh, and the, the point that I was making got sidetracked about and we'll now come back to here is if you're a Pac-12 fan, you've been noticing the schools 
that are not getting mentioned. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. Might even be worth a full exploration here on the show, but in short, those programs and those schools are going to get screwed the hardest here. Because it doesn't really look like there's any interest from a legitimate conference. I mean, they just feel destined for either independent, get rid of their football programs. I'm not saying that that's possible. I don't think that's likely. Oregon State's about to build a new stadium. They're not going anywhere. Washington State really doesn't feel that way. Cal, I would say, is most likely of the bunch, but their stadium is also uh, not an ancient relic. So I, I'm I'm just spitballing about what ideas could be here. I don't have that reported or source. Just saying that's a very real possibility. But they all feel kind of destined for either Mountain West or an independent. I think Stanford's the only school that could survive as an independent. But you know, even then, I don't know that it's that feasible. They've got the biggest endowment at the school, so maybe they'd be able to to cover their costs there if they didn't have a conference's support. But even that feels a little bit flimsy in that sense. And they just feel destined for the Mountain West, which is you know a, a growing, respectable group of five conference. But my goodness, is that just... There's just no options there. I haven't heard any of those four schools. Stanford a little here and there. Um, you know, I could maybe I could maybe see them going to the Big Ten one day if the Big Ten decides to admit Notre Dame and wanting to bring in those two academic powers. Yeah, I could 100% see that. Would it be easier to think about if Stanford wasn't under 500 in each of the last two full football seasons they've played? Probably, but that that's besides the point a little bit. I, I just think that those schools are out of options and I don't think they're in control of their own destiny. I, I think that's the worst part for them is they are not in control of, of what happens next. Um, and I just, I, I feel for those fans. I, I really do. Uh, it's, it's just, there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, this is not going to end well for them in all likelihood and there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, it's just, it's not a fun place to be if you're a fan or if you're associated with the school. Uh, I, I really sympathize with you there. It's just not a spot I would want to be in. Uh, the schools that the Big 12 is looking at. Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State. So you, you grab Oregon and Washington as opposed to grabbing one and grabbing their in-state rival because the other is a bigger, more respected uh, brand of college football nationally. And then the Arizona schools, of course, you can put those together because Arizona is not just a, a pretty good place to recruit that I think would have a conference's interest, uh, even though both programs pretty down right now. I mean, Arizona State, I, I guess they're recruiting. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're not making any noise. Everything about them is, is trending downwards. Arizona bottomed out and is now trying to get themselves trending upwards, which they're doing a pretty good job of, by the way. But again, not at a level to where it's you know commanding any uh, national respect at this point in time. It's just something to kind of keep your eye on, keep it on the back burner and such. And then uh, Colorado, former member of the Big 12, easy one there. And Utah, uh, you're not going to leave out the Utes, right? You wouldn't bring in Colorado and not Utah, both from a, a travel partner perspective and you know geographical convenience, but also just from a, a team caliber, right? I mean, they came into the Pac-12 together. They've always played one another uh, in the Pac-12 South. And it just feels like you, you put those two together and, you know, Colorado, Hasn't had a, a rich history of winning here in quite some time as a football program. That doesn't mean they couldn't necessarily get back there, though I think they're more equipped to do it in uh, the Pac-12, or maybe it goes back to being the Pac-10 if it somehow survives all of this. Uh, they're more equipped to do it there than than joining a, a big-time conference like the, the Big 12. Um, but, but putting Utah in there, 
again, makes a lot of sense. I mean, Utah is definitely a football program on the rise. And I mean, heck, even if you weren't undergoing conference realignment, I, I think just about any conference in the country would, it would at least take a look at, at Utah just from a, a point of view of like, what, you know, th- this could be a new opportunity. Like what could happen there? They're very much on the rise, had a great Rose Bowl game, all that sort of stuff. So I think those, th- that list of schools makes the most sense from uh, the conference's perspective. I'll tell you whether or not I, I think this is uh, a good move overall after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You could just save time and money when using Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so i think from the big 12's perspective you're looking at the right schools that that remain and i think from all these schools perspective if it were to work out and you could have all six go I don't know how any of these schools could possibly say no. You're going to a conference that already, now media rights deals, uh, the Pac-12 is trying to negotiate theirs right now, which, good luck. I, I mean, I mean seriously, to our, our commissioner, George Klyovkov, good luck. That is a tough thing to do right now. Uh, and the only hope, it's honestly a big opportunity because the only hope he has of convincing like Oregon and Washington or the rest of these schools to stay is if he's able to come back with a media deal that says, if you stay in this conference, we're going to be able to get you this much, and they think that that's enough. But remember, according to SI in 2022, the conference payouts to each school were bigger in the Big 12 than they were in the Pac-12. Now, you have a lot more teams, so in that sense, uh, the the revenue distribution might get a little bit, uh, a, a little bit watered down in that sense. But you have to think about the added value you would then have to the conference where you, you have those six schools there. And so, yeah, it's a lot more teams, but you still might be looking on the whole at more money because uh, the new contracts that are being negotiated, I don't think the Big 12 is doing a new media rights deal right now. The Pac-12 and the Big 10 are, to my knowledge. Uh, you can hop in the YouTube comments, correct me if you know differently, but that's my understanding. But when this stuff gets renegotiated, it's going to be for more money is is what I'm getting at here is it's going to be worth more than the previous deal because that's the way all these media deals have gone. They keep going up and up and up, right? I mean, that's just sports. Like we love sports. We pay attention to it. We put our money into it as a country, like football specifically. That's what we love, right? The salary cap in the NFL is going up and up and up. And so you see salaries for, for quarterbacks and top players just continue to rise. It's the same sort of thing with with these conference deals, right? In 10 years, the next media rights rounds of negotiation, that was a fun alliteration that came to me in the moment. Um, The next round is going to be for even bigger dollar figures than the ones negotiated right now. If sports continue along this path, which is, it's what we care about. It's what we will put money into because it's the last live thing on television that we all have to watch. So I, I think it'd be a, an interesting move for the Big 12 to see if they can make the finances work for it. Um, but, you know, e- even if the money is barely more or not that much uh, of, of a difference from what they had in the Pac-12, for all those schools, 
that, that are being talked about here, according to Dennis Dodd's report, you'd be hard-pressed to not go from a conference competition and pedigree standpoint. Because the Big 12, yeah, they're going to lose Oklahoma and Texas. But they're going to add Cincinnati, who was just in the college football playoff. And then you have some other nice schools in the mix as well, like Houston, UCF, and BYU. BYU, by the way, who kind of ran through the Pac-12 South in 2021. Like, we know full well out west what the Cougars are capable of being as as a football program. And is it groundbreaking? No. But do you look at them and go, okay, that could be a team that that makes a little bit of noise? Yeah, of course. I mean, they were in the top 15 uh, a season ago. And I think if they hadn't had a late loss in the season of Boise, they might have been sniffing around the, the top 10. But regardless, like they were a very good team. Now they're going into the Big 12. So is that equal pedigree and team caliber as what you had with you know Oklahoma and Texas when both schools are at their peak? No, but the Big 12 is looking like a pretty decent conference, right? Is it in a great spot, a perfect spot? No, in a perfect world, you add a couple of those programs, maybe uh, trim off some of the excess fat that you have at, at the bottom, you know, but it, and then you're able to add other good schools and strengthen your, your conference there. But the Big 12 is certainly in a better spot than the Pac-12. And so if you're a Pac-12 school and you get an offer to go to the Big 12, you have to look at it and go, even if it's not going to be that much more money because we have so many teams in there. I mean, maybe the revenue will go up enough because of all the attention and all the schools and, and media markets that you're now having access to. Maybe it will go up enough to where it would be a significant bump. But you just have to look at it and go, okay, that's a better conference to compete in. You've you still got Oklahoma State. You've still got Baylor. We know TCU is capable uh, of being a good football program. Texas Tech is recruiting unusually well in the class of 2023. Maybe that will continue. Maybe that will not. But again, you have just more respectable programs in addition to the ones that, that are being added. We know Cincinnati will be competitive. Houston is capable of being good. They beat, uh, I think, Ohio State. Ohio State or Oklahoma, uh, you know, many years ago, like they've been a program that's been on the map. They have Dana Holgerson, who comes from uh, West Virginia, and is now going back. I just thought about that, going back into the Big 12 after he left the Big 12. So you just have a, a depth of teams that is starting to look decently formidable. And if you were to add these six Pac-12 schools to it, You'd be going more for the quantity over quality approach, but it's kind of all you have at this point in time. In a perfect world, the Big 12 would probably want to say, look, we want to get to 12 to 14 teams, and we're going to kick out this one, this one, and this one that are not doing anything for us on the football side. Now, Kansas would be tough because they just won a national championship in basketball, but football is you know, the primary driver. But at Kansas, it's really not. So like that would be a, that'd be a tough one. You'd probably keep them in and such. But... You just look at the schools that, that are not being super competitive in the Big 12 year in and year out. And I mean, if the conference had its way, they'd probably be able to go, OK, we want to add these new teams and we want to keep all these top teams over here. But then we just want to be picking and choosing like that's what they would probably like to do. But that's just not available to everybody. It's just, it's just not the situation the Big 12 find themselves in, right? The Big 10 was kind of able to do that and say, yeah, we'll take UCLA and USC because they've got a huge media market, and we think USC will be really good with Lincoln Riley, and Chip Kelly just won eight games, and maybe he'll keep that going at the very least. They'll be 
a moderately competitive team and they'll bring a lot of fans and eyeballs to our conference as well. And the SEC can look and go, we are the top dog in college football from a conference perspective, and we're just going to grab Oklahoma and we're just going to grab Texas. And those are huge, gigantic brands with pretty good sized markets and they get a lot of attention and hype and whatnot. And they'll recruit really well. And we're going to bring them into our conference. The Big 12 would love to find themselves in that situation right now, but it's a luxury that unfortunately is not currently provided to them. So I think that looking at that number of teams and just kind of going for the first super mega conference that, you know, basically attains a consistently high caliber of teams by just adding a a higher volume of them than the other expansions we've seen, which are just two schools, I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, you'd be looking at, on the whole, 10 new teams coming in your conference and two leaving. So you'd be going plus eight there if you're the Big 12 because you got the four coming in, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU. And then you would have six from the Pac-12 and you're losing Oklahoma and, and Texas. So that would put you over 20 teams. You'd be the first conference in the country to do that. And is it great for Pac-12 fans? Depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. You certainly wouldn't have the conference at that point, uh, of course, if this happens. But for those schools, it might be the right option. Uh, Brady Quinn suggested recently that this uh, this is all USC's fault. Not entirely. I'll, I'll address that after I tell you about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Puffs are absolutely amazing. A protein-infused marshmallow covered in chocolate. They are a treat. Go to Built.com to get yours. Use promo code LOCK15. You can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So Brady Quinn, pretty legendary college football player, quarterback in Notre Dame, kind of suggested, I don't think he went so far as to say it was all USC, but um, he, he posed an interesting question, which was, if USC had remained dominant and they hadn't had to go through the years of sanctions where they weren't eligible for bowl games in like the 2010, 12, somewhere around there. If they hadn't done that and fallen down, would they have decided to leave the Pac-12? Would they have felt that that was in their best interests? And you have to remember, you know, what I, what I first said when I came on here and all this news was breaking and we all can see pretty plain as day that this is the case. This is a money-driven decision. Because from a football perspective, this doesn't make any sense. USC would have a much easier path to the playoff while having a clear path to the playoff, remaining in the Pac-12, maintaining status quo. That was a very easy thing to see. But now that USC and UCLA have both you know, started this uh, potential avalanche and downfall of uh, what we know as the Conference of Champions today, I also wonder what Bill Walton thinks about all of this. As Brady Quinn suggested that, you know, it could partially be USC's fault because they got down relative to their standards as a program. I just couldn't help but be reminded of one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. I don't know how many of you are Star Wars fans out there. I imagine there's more than a few. 
When I was thinking about USC and the way that they have influenced the narrative about the Pac-12 this entire offseason from hiring Lincoln Riley to now, they are shockingly similar to a one Anakin Skywalker, circa episode three, Revenge of the Sith, 2005, if my memory is correct. One of my favorite and more underrated Star Wars movies out there. During that particular scene, for those of you who are not Star Wars nerds like I am or have uh, not seen the movies in quite some time, I will quickly summarize. After Obi-Wan and Anakin have a remarkably well choreographed and also uh, scored, as in the music, fight scene on the volcanic planet of Mustafar, Obi-Wan, after chopping off Anakin's legs, that part is not uh, particularly relevant to the metaphor I'm making here, Obi-Wan has all of his frustrations come out about his Padawan and what should have happened. And he says, you were the chosen one. It was said you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. Which, of course, Anakin very much did. Now, right now, not in a completely evil way, the way Anakin was, but USC is very similar to that guy who was sitting there with his legs chopped off, about to transition to becoming Darth Vader, maybe the most iconic villain in all of cinematic history. The reason I say that is because USC was going to be the savior, in a sense, of West Coast football, or they were going to at least return to where they were before. And that's what we were talking about on this show and many others about college football across the country. We're correctly pointing out how important it was for West Coast football to have USC being back and relevant in the national conversation. I don't think they even needed them, you know, going back a ways to compete for and win national championships. Just be around the college football playoff discussion. Be relevant. Be relevant to relevant, relevant enough to win the conference or be in contention to win the conference. That was going to be so huge. It was going to be sort of the Pac-12 revival. And now it is the complete opposite. Anakin was going to balance the force. And instead, he bolted to the dark side and left it in complete and utter anarchy. And that's what USC has done here. Now, Brady Quinn's question is, you know, is it entirely USC's fault? The the answer is no. It's not entirely their fault because the financial payouts that the Pac-12 has been getting or the Pac-12 has been giving to their member schools with the terrible media rights deal negotiated by Larry Scott that didn't include DirecTV amongst other faults and whatnot uh, in 2022, according to Sports Illustrated, they were $20 million lower in the Pac-12 than the SEC and $23 million lower per school in the Big Ten. And they were $3.5 million higher per program than the ACC, which also notoriously does not have the best media rights situation there. Now, that is a sizable gap. And the point that Brady Quinn was making about, you know, if USC just stays on top this may never happen. Possible. But I don't think entirely probable. And I would lean towards it's it's not that it's it's not as dire of a situation as he was, you know, insinuating it potentially could be. And he wasn't full on blaming from from what I saw and heard uh, in the clip. I think it was when he was on uh, the herd with Colin Coward. 
he wasn't going as far to blame. He was just posing the question, like, is that is that something that would happen? I think if USC stays on top, the gap there in revenue that is given out to each school, I think it's certainly lower. It's probably not $20 million. But in my estimation, and this is just kind of a gut feeling, I do not think that even the power of USC, which we know is palpable in the college football world, especially when it comes to TV ratings, the power of it was not enough to close that big of a gap. I think it, they might have lasted a little bit longer if USC had stayed on top and only had a couple of years where they dropped down, but mostly, you know, they're a, a perennial top 10, 15 program or uh, maybe five in, in the country and whatnot. But even if they're just around top 10, top 15, then maybe this doesn't happen yet. But eventually, maybe those dollar figures would have caught up and they would have gotten, you know, the, the cartoon uh, signs in, the, in their eyeballs with, and whatnot, you know, the way that they, they uh, that USC and UCLA both did this year and such. Um, but I thought that was an interesting question worth, worth diving into. Again, just, just, just to sum up, I think it would have helped lower that gap between uh, the other conferences and the payouts that go to each school. But to say that USC alone could account for that much, no, I I, I don't think so. Um, and I also just thought of the uh, the, the Anakin comparison; it was just kind of too spot on because people <laughs> really were. I was excited uh, about the potential of having USC back, and I was talking, gosh, just not that long ago here on the show about how can you imagine a nine a nine-win USC team and a 10-win Notre Dame team or vice versa going at it in the final week of the regular season, championship and big bowl implications on the line, USC trying to fight for the return. I mean, it would have been the biggest game for the West Coast in quite some time. If you're talking about a regular season game, it would have been huge. And now any game, it could still be big. It could still be huge, but it's no longer the Pac-12's win. It'll be the Big Ten's win because they'll look out and go, one of those schools is coming to us, maybe two. The tide has just shifted so rapidly and just and and so unexpectedly to many as well. And it is um, it it is a really interesting thing to follow. If you have any questions that that you want me to answer, you can DM me at smalls underscore fifty five or at lo underscore pack twelve. Hop in the YouTube comments as well. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day.